Welcome to Shatterproof. I am your host, Todd Callahan. You can connect with me on Instagram at Pastor Todd Callahan. You can download our church app in your app store. Search for Ignite Church VT, or you can connect with us online at IgniteChurchVT.com. You know, there's some incredible things happening all over the nation. I got off of a call this week with Senator James Lankford and um, um, had the opportunity to be on that call with, with uh, several prominent pastors around the country, including uh, Jensen Franklin and uh, Pastor Sam Rodriguez. And it's amazing to hear out of the mouth of, of uh, a senator who is right there in the midst of it in Washington, D.C., everything that's taking place and transpiring around the country. And uh, folks, we are in a battle right now, not just uh, not not just with this virus situation, not just over our rights and our freedoms that we are standing um, um, for truth and righteousness and, and, and standing against those who are attempting to eradicate that truth and the, and the freedom of conscience that we have. But there are some significant things that are on the forefront right now. Uh, we need to begin to uh, lift up those in our military. Um, on December 20th, there's a lawsuit that's going to be issued um, from First Liberty. Uh, on behalf of the tens of thousands of military personnel who, who have not had one religious exemption granted. It's vital that we continue to pray and uphold um, our military in, in our thoughts and prayers and believe that God's going to show up in a powerful way. You know, it's amazing. And I can't help but think this, and I don't know if it's just the past two years making me think this, but it, it's almost like they're looking for a military that is willfully, completely, 100% compliant with everything the government tells them to do. And that they're trying to eradicate any type of consciousness from the military. And we're also facing potentially um, middle of next year, uh, the, the, the Supreme Court making a... a um, um, a decision on Roe versus Wade. And I know many, many Americans around uh, this nation have been um, uh, excited about the fact that Roe versus Wade could be overturned. But I think we need to understand something. When that happens, state law will then need to be challenged because it's going to be, the, the, the decision about abortion is then going to go to a state level, right? So while we celebrate nationally Roe versus Wade, uh, the potential of that being overturned, the battle yet for believers has not even begun because it's going to have to happen in our churches. It's going to happen in our communities. The battle is going to be fought now at a local level and a statewide level. So saints, it's time we begin to pray. It's time that we uh, um, uh, get, our, get on our knees and begin to, to beckon heaven to move on behalf of these issues. I found out there were chemical abortions that are being mailed and sent to mothers cocktails, um, uh, being sent to, to, to mothers um, who are pregnant, who are desiring an abortion, and these cocktails will, will, um, will kill the baby. I mean, it's just disgusting. I don't even like talking about it. And these things are happening. This administration is trying to remove conscience protections. It's trying to eradicate the value of morality in this nation. We cannot sit by as a church and begin to watch these things happen. We just, we just can't do it. We've, we've got to begin to, to stand on the forefront of every one of these issues and, 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 and worship God, praise God in the midst of it all. That's what we're called to do. No matter what the battle, we've got to praise, we've got to worship. 
That scepter of Judah is in our hand. The victory belongs to Jesus, but we've got to worship. We've got to praise. And saints, we've got to pray. I want to encourage you as we, as we get to the end of 2021, as we embark on 2022, I want to encourage you to begin to pray that God would give you the desire to fast and pray for this nation in the coming months. Because I believe that we haven't even begun to experience the full warfare that we're about to experience. But anytime attacks happen like this, anytime there is a specific battle that we are battling throughout this nation, many countries around the world, you can bank on the fact that the devil is mad, hell is upset, and that we are on the brink of one of the greatest moves of God, if not the greatest move of God, this generation has ever seen. And I believe we're standing on the brink of that. We're standing on the threshold of that. And we are going to see signs and wonders and miracles and powerful moves of God all throughout America, throughout the world that we've never seen on this planet in this generation. And, you know, there's so many people that I hear that, that, that just say, you know, I'm so sick and tired of dealing with this. And I'm so, uh, so sick of seeing people sick or so sick of having to deal with the political issue. I want to read you a scripture in Job chapter two. Uh, it says, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. Just let that, just let that, that, that verse just, um, um, root with you for just a minute. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Then Satan answered the Lord, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a a blameless man, upright man, fearing God, turning away from evil. And he still holds fast his integrity. Although you incited me against him to ruin him without cause. Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. However, put forth your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh. He will curse you to your face. So the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your power. Only spare his life. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, and he took a a potsherd to scrape himself while he was sitting among the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. That's powerful. She's like, after all God has put you through, you're still going to believe? Job, curse God and die already. But Job said to her in verse 10 of chapter 2, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Saints, we see hell all around us right now. I feel as though oftentimes that there's not even morality even represented in the in in predominant areas of of our culture but if we look at this passage of scripture job is sick and his wife is sick of him being sick i was talking with somebody the other day and they said i'm so sick and tired of seeing what's happening to our culture 
But understand in this passage, his life has been destroyed as we know it. But the Bible says that no matter what happened to his body, he refused to allow sin to come from his lips. You may be listening to this podcast and you're going through some hell in your own life. Maybe you're being attacked in your body, your resources, your finances, in your home. I mean, we're still believing. We got two more weeks left. December 31st, my wife is without a job. She's been interviewing. She's been going through all kinds of different procedures and, and, and talking to so many different people. But that caveat is the vaccine with her line of work. And we're facing attack with our finances, potentially, facing attack in our faith. But let me tell you something. This has grown our faith. This has, if anything, strengthened our faith and our trust in God to know that on the other side of this, there's going to be an incredible blessing. Because if you've been attacked in any area of your life, I want you to listen to this podcast. And if you've been fighting and ready for that moment when it's over and you're ready for a brand new season, we're about to come into a new year. My family, my wife and I personally, we're believing for God to do great things. But let me tell you something. Every attack on you always has limits. You see, the life of Job, if you read this book, it's well-documented, well throughout history even, and if you are not an avid reader of the scripture, you know at least a small portion of this prolific biblical narrative, because Job was in his day the richest man in the land, right? And he had so much money that he could not even count it all. So many animals that only the scriptures could, uh, the, the, the scriptures could number them, and, and the only thing that that we can number with no mistake is the number of children that he had, which was 10, right? And even for a man to have 10 children, <laughs> I mean, I got four. I got uh, two, two daughters who are grown, and, and uh, one is married with our first grandchildren. Our second daughter uh, is about to be married in February, and we're so excited for them. And I've got twin boys that are 16 years old. So we've got four kids. I, I couldn't even imagine 10. I mean, that's amazing. What, what an incredible gift of, of grace uh, for parents to be able to, to have 10 children. I think that's absolutely amazing. But for a man to have 10 children and for all of them to be with him, that makes him a wealthy man. When I sit around our, our table at, at home and I'm looking around at our family, we are a wealthy family. You are a wealthy family to be able to sit around your living room and see your family smiling and loving on one another, that they're healthy, well, and blessed, that God's giving them another day to live life. And I don't care how imperfect your family is, you are wealthy. There may be deficiencies physically, emotionally, mentally in your family, but the very fact that God has given you relationship with your family, you are wealthy. And see, up until this season in Job's journey, up until this season in his journey, he's had, you know, he's had a dedicated wife and a powerful reputation. Who knows what kind of businesses and affairs that, that he had enjoyed because of this, right? Until all of a sudden COVID showed up. Because when sickness comes, it doesn't care what your net worth is anymore. When sickness or cancer comes. It doesn't ask you how many shouts of praise or how many hallelujahs you've shouted. It, it doesn't ask you, well, how many times have you tithed on Sundays? And that's a prominent, I'm not disqualifying the importance of tithe. Hear me, don't send me emails saying I'm disqualifying tithe. I'm using that as an example to say sickness doesn't care how many times you've tithed on Sunday. The kingdom does. It's a kingdom mandate, a kingdom principle, which each and every person needs to participate in that covenant so that God can 
can continue to do in your life what he needs to do. And so that the 90% of your income uh, that, that you are not tithing off of is, is, is blessed because as you tithe and you give the 10% off of the 100, you tithe off of 100%. You don't tithe off of what's left over after what Uncle Sam uh, takes from you. You don't tithe off of uh, what's left after your bills. You tithe that 10% off of the top. The very first thing you do when you get paid is you release that tithe into the kingdom so that the 90% that is remaining can be blessed. Come on, somebody on the other side, say amen. So when sickness comes, it beats the door down, right? It doesn't pay you any respect and doesn't pay the toll for crossing the road. When sickness comes, it invades your life like a thief breaking into your home and robbing you of what belongs to you. Sickness doesn't say there's a timeline for this, and sometimes you don't realize you're sick until you're already sick, and in the middle of having everything Job had, and everything had his name on it, it didn't matter because all that matters now in his life is his health. Now, we can spend so much time on making sure that we've got the right clothes and the right shoes, make sure we have the right house and the right knickknacks, but listen, when you get sick, You can have a car with no place to go. You can have the best mattress in the world, but you still can't get any sleep. You have to learn to appreciate the things that money cannot buy. You know, I remember when Steve Jobs was was showcasing some of his final products before he died. And he was very thin and very frail. And one of his last prolific public statements was this. He said, eat your food as your medicine or you will eat medicine as your food. Now, that's a pretty prolific statement coming from somebody who's living his last days on the earth. And I know I've mentioned it to you in previous podcasts before, and I want to reiterate to you as we enter in to this Christmas season coming into a brand new year of 2022, um, it's, it's very important to understand that as we enter into this season that we call flu season, that's, that's, that's what, what the medical uh, um, um, community has, has labeled this, this season that we're coming into right now. Um, but um, it's very important that you monitor the amount of sugar. It's very important that you um, monitor the amount of junk that's being released into your body, that you are consuming the amount of soda. Um, because your immune system can wear down very quickly right now in this season that we're in. Between Thanksgiving and the beginning of a brand new year, statistics show that more people get sick in that span of time than any other time throughout the year. And I personally believe that it's because we're putting so much sugar, so much junk in our bodies, eating the pies, the ice cream, the candy, all the chocolate, um, all of the other stuff that we consume in that span of time throughout the year lowers your immune system and people get sick. This is why what Steve Jobs said is very important. You may not be an Apple fan. I'm not a fan of a lot of the investments that Apple makes, uh, especially overseas in China. Um, But I I do believe that it is a far superior product than Android. But if you're an Android person, uh, you may not see these kinds of um, comments from from someone like Steve Jobs. But, But he said, eat your food as your medicine or you will eat medicine as your food. And that's vitally important. That is so profound. And Job is sick here. And the reason I wanted to impress this on, on us in this podcast is that, that 
all that's come on him from a physical dimension is because most of the time I've heard this text be spoken about his affliction, but I want to flip the script a minute and ignore the affliction and focus on the permission. The Bible says a man born of a woman is for a few days and are filled with trouble. And we understand people get sick because many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver us from all of them. So we know the conversation about affliction, but I wonder what it was about Job for God to give his permission. Because understand that none of us can be afflicted by the enemy without God's say-so on the matter. What is it that God is allowing Satan to kick your front door in without announcing himself? What is it that God is trying to do in your family to allow you or your family to go through everything that they're going through in order to accomplish God's plan? So I want to examine the permission for a few minutes because when you're seeking permission, you're truly asking for consent. If you're married and you're, you, you are confronted with an expensive purchase or acquisition, you don't just go do the expensive stuff without conferring with your spouse, right? You know, I mean, you don't call home and ask your spouse, is it okay if I bag, buy this bag of chips at the grocery store? You know, or you call home, call home and say, is it okay if I buy this t-shirt? You know, but, but when you get a call on your phone and you're being offered a great interest rate on your, on your mortgage, if you still have a mortgage or, you know, you say, let me talk, you know, you tell the other person, let me talk to my spouse uh, before I give you an answer, right? You know, why do we do that? It's not that you don't have the ability to make decisions, but you talk about it because you value the other person's opinion. You know, I, I, funny story, I've, I've told, I've told our church this past year, you know, I've, like I said a minute ago, we've got four kids and, and when they were younger, you know, we did the whole SUV thing and the minivan thing. And we've been through several minivans and Honda Odysseys are great, great minivans. We've, we've loved, loved those for many years. And, uh, we just got to the point where the kids were, were getting older. Our daughters had their own cars, their own vehicles. Our boys are about to start driving and getting, you know, looking at getting them their own car. So this past, um, this past spring, um, in April, I said, you know, to my wife, uh, you know, let's, let's consider doing something else. And we didn't really know what we were looking for. So we, we drove to our, our Ford dealer who we've, um, gotten uh, several vehicles from, and uh, I walked into the to the to the showroom to go see our, our sales guy Dylan. And when I walked in there, there was this beautiful, beautiful, race red, California special 2021 Mustang. And I looked at that thing, and it just started calling my name, calling my name. And uh, my wife said, my wife looked at it and she's like, wow, that's really nice. That's a beautiful, beautiful Mustang. You know, so we kind of, you know, we were, we were in the, what we were doing there uh, was, was getting a new truck because we needed, we needed a truck. And, and um, so we were doing that. But at the same time, uh, I had my eye on, on, on that, that, um, uh, that Mustang. Actually, it wasn't the truck at that time. We were getting my daughter's Bronco, her Bronco Sport. That's what we were doing there. (laughs) We've been we've been at the Ford dealership a lot lately, and 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 as we were there, that thing caught my attention. So we did the Bronco deal. That's what it was. We did the Bronco deal. We left, and let me tell you something, guys. If you're if you know men, you know what it's like to see that car, and then you just can't get it out of your mind. Well, that was me and that race red Mustang. So I go home, and and uh, you know I wake up the next morning, and I, I told my wife, I said, boy, that. Mustang was really pretty at the dealership yesterday, wasn't it? And she said, yeah, it was a nice car. It was pretty. So, you know, I go into, come into the office and I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the office at the end of the day. And, you know, I, I, I 
call her and I say, Hey babe, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, um, um, stop off somewhere real quick. I'll be home, you know, soon. Um, I'll, I'll see you in just a little bit. She's like, okay, love you. See you in just a little while. Well, I was on my way to the dealership to take another look at that Mustang, but I didn't tell her that. So one of the funniest things happened, you know, on the iPhone, you can, you know, see where somebody is. You can get their location and a little map pops up. You can zoom in on that map and it'll tell you right where they are. Well, I got a screenshot while I'm standing in the showroom with the salesperson looking at the Mustang without my wife there, I get a screenshot saying, what are you doing at the dealership with a bunch of laughing faces? I thought my sales guy was going to pass out. He was laughing so hard. So I responded to my wife. I said, don't you worry about it. I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking to Dylan at Ford about something. Don't worry about it. And she said, I know what you're there doing. I know you are there looking at that red Mustang again. Why are you there? And we were laughing, you know, I was crying, I was laughing so hard. So, you know, the salesperson's like, listen, you, you can take it and go show her and you can drive it home and come back and we can talk about it. I said, no, man, I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't do it without my wife. So I get home and, and I tell my wife, listen, tomorrow, I want you to go to the dealership with me. We got to look at this car. She's like, I don't want to look at that car. And I said, baby, you know, please come on, just, just look at this car. I know we haven't had anything like this. We've been driving SUVs. We've been driving minivans for so long. Come on, baby. I'm like begging her. I'm like, you know, I'm 45 years old and I'm begging my wife, you know, <laughs> please come, let's look at this car. I mean, I've never had a sports car before. I want to have one. And so she, she gives in and we, we go and we get to the dealership. We walk in there. She sits in it. She's looking at it. She's like, boy, it's, it really is beautiful. And then, you know, I'm thinking this, this isn't going to happen. You know, I, I just don't know. I mean, I know it's a pretty car, but I doubt she's going to, you know, want us to, you know, pull the trigger on this thing. She looks at the salesperson and says, does it come in a convertible? Y'all, does it come in a convertible? I couldn't believe what I was hearing come out of my wife's mouth. Does it come in a convertible? I mean, I, mean, I was dumbfounded. I was laughing. I couldn't believe it. And he was like, no, it, you know, we don't have a convertible on the lot. We can order one, but it's going to take a little while to get it here. And she's like, nah, this red one's good. I like this red one. So we ended up with the red one. But I mean, you know, you, so I don't make those kind of decisions on my own. Come on, man. Let that be a lesson if you've tried that before. We don't make those decisions on our own. We bring our wives into the conversation because it's a major perp it's a major purchase right and listen when you value the other person you will seek their permission so if that is true let's put this in context now because i really went off the rails a minute ago and if, if this is true and satan is seeking permission to attack job then we see that through satan right he's trying to harm job but the reason why he's seeking permission is because he values job don't miss this Satan could have afflicted anybody and had and selected anybody in the world, but he had his sights zeroed in on Job because he valued Job. And the fact that he goes through the exercise of permission shows that he values Job. Listen to me. You will have less stress in your life when you come to the realization that every attack on your life is truly a validation of value. There are a million people, Right? that other people can choose to hate on. Why do they hate on you? Why are so many other people around? And, and, and you know, there are so many other people that, that others could lie about, but they choose to lie about you. There are a lot of other people they could focus on, but, but why are they focusing on you? The reason is that even the person that doesn't like you inadvertently through the fixation on you proves that they value you even if they say they don't like you. You're that valuable. 
Some of you have children that are asking permission to go someplace and your children, you know, children don't risk saying, you know, no to come and ask you to go to a place that they don't want to go. They, they, they are, they ask you to go where they want to go because, and they risk that because there's either something or someone that they value and they risk asking your permission to go or to participate even when they're grounded. Come on, parents. I know I'm grounded, but can I go to Susie's house? I know I'm I know I'm grounded, Dad, but can I can I go hang out with Kobe? They know they're risking you going off and shouting and 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 losing your mind at what you've just said, and you've grounded them and you've disciplined, and they're they're willing to go through all of that just to see if they can get permission. Because there is something there that they value more than your anger. Everything that focuses on you values you. Every one of your haters value you. Everybody's got favor haters. Come on. When God shows favor on your life and God releases favor to your life, I call them favor haters. Everybody's got favor haters. Everything that focuses on you values you. Every person who's fixated on you still wants something from you. It might be an apology or maybe it's humiliation, but every person that still has their mouth, their eyes, and their posts, come on, all their posts on social media on you, it's because they silently value you you ever gotten into an issue with somebody and then you go on instagram or facebook or twitter you know and all of a sudden there's that one post and it makes you raise your eyebrow and you're kind of like are they talking about me well the real issue is that everybody in your life values you many times except for you look at the way we often talk about ourselves look at the way you talk about yourself listen to how you talk about yourself think about the last thing you said to yourself I can't. That's bad. I shouldn't. That's negative. I am the dumbest. I mean, do we really hear the conversations that you have with yourself? One of the things I found out is that people who have the best conversations with others will oftentimes have the worst conversations with themselves. They will always encourage you to make it and do this and do that. And God says you can do this. And God says you can do that. But they can't even prophesy to themselves. They can't even encourage themselves. They don't have a word for themselves or their own disposition. They don't have a word for their own attitude and can't talk themselves out of the negative cycle because they always have a word for someone else. And it shows you that you value other people more than you value yourself. But yet at the same time, you get upset when people don't value the thing that you just disvalued. You cannot require anyone to value you until you do. And God says, Satan, where have you been? And he said, I've been going to and fro, back and forth. Satan knows how to work the grid. Seeing who I can devour, looking for someone along the journey to devour. Why is Satan even there? I mean, let's ask that question. Satan used to be the worship leader in heaven. And here's how it goes, right? The band and the choir's up there and, and up, up here, and Satan is, is, is directing the choir, and the, and the Lord of hosts was behind Satan. And, and as Satan was directing the choir, people began to shout and begin to bow. And, but what Satan didn't know was that the glory was behind him. See, he thought they were bowing to him, so he took what was for God. And God was like, I'm a jealous God, and I will have no other God before me. So since Satan thought, He was in a position to be worshiped. God kicked him out of heaven and he falls to the earth. And now he's doing what angry people do. He paces. He's seeking. He's he's prowling. 
He's, he's walking the earth to and fro, prowling, seeking those whom he can devour. He's now doing what angry people do. They pace. I can't believe he kicked me out. He said, I had those sopranos on freak out. I can't. I had those tenors. I had them going. I had this choir giving God praise. And that, that choir would have been nothing without me. He let his, he let his pride he, he let his lack of humility and get before him. And he's upset because he got kicked out. And the Lord is telling us that anger is a trap. That anybody who stays angry, all they do is walk in the same parameters. The Latin word for anger is enge, which means narrow. So as long as you're angry, you'll never expand. I'm praying for God to my, expand my territory, just like Jabez. Yeah, but you're angry all the time. Listen, I, you know, I, we're, we're in, 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 a, in a nation right now, and, 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 you know, we always hear people talking about, well, we need to have messages on freedom, and people need to talk about freedom all the time. Well, I'm, I'm not always going to preach, or, you know, a message or do a podcast on American freedom. I'm giving you a message on kingdom freedom right now. I don't need to tell you you are a U.S. citizen. I don't need to tell you because you're a citizen you get to vote except in New York City where they want to make every, you know, give illegals the opportunity to vote. That's for a different podcast. But, you know, you, you, don't, you don't get delivered into freedom by becoming a U.S. citizen. You get delivered when you become a citizen of heaven. When you won't admit that you are angry and you blame it all on God and yet you don't walk with him, you will keep pacing and walking, going from place to place, to and fro with absolutely no vision. When you aren't walking in freedom, your health will begin failing. Your mind starts deteriorating. You become frustrated. And I need somebody who can agree and say, Lord, I have to admit I've been angry and holding grudges, but now I understand that my anger keeps me narrow because when you're angry, God can't expand your territory. When you're angry, God cannot give you new ideas. Why would God give you a new idea for you just to be angry about it? How many Christians I say, I don't have time for anything else in my life. I don't have time for new ideas. I don't have time for church. I don't have time really to spend with my family. I'm busy. I'm at work. Listen, the world is full of angry people masquerading as if everything is just fine. Just because you can say amen and hallelujah, and listen, a lot of people don't get dressed up to come to church for worship. They come for therapy. Can I be real enough with y'all to say that? They come asking God to work it out for them in two hours so they can get back out there. But let me tell you something. You have to work out your own soul's salvation and make sure you take care of your mind, your body, and your soul. Listen, sometimes you need therapy. Sometimes you need to say, I'm sorry. Sometimes you need to change your habits because Satan is just going to and fro looking for who he can get. And when you are in a place of weakness and your mind is consumed by all of the things that don't have to do with anything that God is calling you into, the enemy will use that as a distraction to keep you off pace and to keep you outside of everything that God is trying to bring you into. Because this is what angry people do. They live and look outwardly, but never stop and look inward. And what they do is they start saying, it's my mama's fault I'm this way. It's my dad's fault I'm this way. Well, if they would have just treated me better, if they would have been around more, it's the pastor's fault because he didn't see my gift. It's my boss's fault. I can't believe they promoted the other person who shows up every day but didn't promote me even though I show up every day but I'm late all the time. Come on. 
People are angry and people are going to, you know, church, but it's not immediately making them psychologically better. That's saying I'm blessed and highly favored, but you don't really think you are when you say it. And what we are doing, it's like that we're just going through the motions, going to and fro, looking for who we can, we can fix and criticize instead of stopping and focusing on the gift that God's made in us. It's amazing how many Christians get so judgmental and they start criticizing and looking at everybody saying they need to do this and they need to do that. And they they never look in the mirror. And that is Satan's problem is that his anger has trapped him. And oftentimes believers are not mad at everybody else. They're truly mad at themselves, but it's filtered through the anger and the displeasure and the criticism of what we put onto everybody else. And I don't know about you, but I stay away from angry people. I just do not like to be around those people who always have a scoff on their face. They're angry. There's nothing they ever say positive. I mean, come on. Listen, I can be around sinful people and around gangsters and bloods and crips. I mean, as a youth pastor, we had a big urban youth ministry that, that I used to pastor in. And I remember there was a thing going down in the youth ministry. And I, I got between these two big old boys. And, and I didn't even know one was in the blood one was in uh, the blood gang. One was in the Crips. I had no idea until afterwards. And I'm standing in between these two. And they're talking about putting a cap in each other, taking each other out. And here, here I am, little old, you know, white boy, Pastor Todd, standing in between these two big old black boys who are ready to go at, go at each other. And I'm like, my God, my life's ending right now. And thank God they have enough respect for me as a pastor and love for me as their youth pastor. And I love these two boys just like my own. Had them into my home. I and mean, we had a huge youth ministry. God just did some incredible things, but they were angry. They were angry, but I've got enough grace for that to help them work through a situation like that than I do angry people in our culture or angry people in the church. Listen, because when you're close to angry people, you fall into their trap. And before you know it, you begin following them in the to and fro cycle. And you find yourself trapped in your own cycle. So when you are friends with angry people, you don't make progress because you're trying to help them, right? But you cannot help somebody out of the mud without getting dirty yourself, right? So let's, let's be real. So Satan sought permission to get to Job, and then he says, Lord, I promise you that if you let me have his kids, his money, his house, I promise you he will turn his back on you. And God says, go ahead and do it. And it didn't work because he made a prediction. And what we're reading now is the second time he was actually attacked because in chapter one, he had already been attacked. But now the kids are dead. The cattle's gone. The house is gone. And now what's left is his flesh, his body. So now he comes and God says, okay, you can touch him, but not on his body. Don't make him sick. And Satan told God, well, if his kids and his home are gone, he will curse you to your face. Listen to me now. There is an enemy in your life that has a prediction about your response. There are people in your life right now who are doing things based on what they think you like and love, and they have already predicted what your response will be to what they're going to do to you or what they already did to you. They have already predicted it, but he says to God, he will curse you to your face and die. And he didn't do it because the Bible says Job did not let sin come from his lips because what happened was the prediction did not come back true. And here's what the Lord is saying, that whatever the enemy predicted about you will be false in Jesus' name. I'm speaking that over your life. I'm speaking that over this nation. I'm speaking that over Washington, D.C. There is nothing that the enemy would love to see more. Listen, you thought the division was Republican and Democrat. 
The division is so much greater than that. There are so many spiritual cataclysmic bombs happening in the atmosphere right now. And this is why the enemy was using politicians to separate people uh, out of the house of God. This is, and I believe that God was using this moment as a separation of the wheat and the chaff to see who was really truly going through the motions, the religious motions, going through the, through the activity of going to church and those who were truly showing up in the house of God, believing for a miracle of heaven to show up for a move of God to transpire and take place. And the Lord says, you shall live and not die. And Satan predicted that your children would be on drugs, but God says your children will, 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 be, will, be, will, will not be on drugs, but will inherit greatness and favor. And I don't know if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what you're going through, but the word of the Lord is that the report is false and the prediction is false. Don't you dare hand your children over to the enemy because you've been praying for them for 25, 30 years and you still feel like they're in the same trap they are right now. Your prayer is powerful. Your prayer can change their tomorrow overnight. Don't you dare give up on believing that God can get a hold, get a hold of their life. Don't you get, dare give up on praying for your husband that you're believing would be saved and set free. Don't you dare believe giving up on your wife you pray and you intercede and you, you go after the heart of God until God releases the promise into, your, in, in, into that reality. Listen, I know we can look at the political landscape of this country and feel like it's, all, it's, it's hopeless. Don't you dare give up on praying for this nation. God's trusting and believing that we will be the people who will humble ourselves and pray. Get before God. And pray so that God can reach down and touch this nation. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm telling you the prediction's false. And if you believe that God has the power to undo what the devil has done, I want you to celebrate that what the enemy tried to do, it didn't work. I mean, listen, you got to have some praise parties in your own living room. Just, just crank up the worship music. I mean, I was telling somebody the other day, I mean, there's just times I've just, I, I, I turn my bump box on. I love bump box. If you don't have a bump box, you can go check out that company. I'm not plugging for them. I'm just saying it's a great, a great product. But I'll turn my bump box on. And man, I just have a praise party right there in my living room. You know, I'll go sit down at the piano and I'll, I'll just play along. Man, I, sometimes I just turn the music off and I just have a, a time of worship all by myself when I'm going through stuff and just thank God that what the enemy tried to send my way to take me out didn't succeed. As a matter of fact, I don't know what you're going through, but the only way you ever get through is by going through. I'm going to say it again. Somebody needs to hear that. The only way you get through is going through. You're never going to get there until you go through. You're never going to get that until you go through. And God said, it shall not be so. The prediction is untrue. Well, I only have three months to live. It's an untrue prediction. We had a man this past Sunday in church. He is in, in, in um, stage four brain cancer. He's got um, um, cancer in his lungs and he is believing in faith. The prediction of death over his life. That cancer is not going to take him out. It is untrue. Showed up believing for a miracle. We anointed him. We laid hands on his body. And I've seen it happen before. I've seen brain cancer eradicated from a young teenager at our church that we had back in Orlando, Florida, right before we moved here to Vermont to Pastor Ignite Church. I've seen that prediction and that sentence of death fall. And I'm telling you right now, I'm believing for this man, just like I'm believing for you. Whatever that sentence is, whatever that prediction over your life is, it's an untrue 
true prediction. It's a false report because God has a way of making the prediction wrong. You were already supposed to be on drugs when you were raised in the house that you were raised in. Maybe your uncle was an alcoholic. Maybe your father was absent. Maybe your mother didn't, didn't, didn't know how to love you because she was stripped of love herself. And here you are listening to this podcast. Here you are going to church every week and, and you know, maybe with a family member and, 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 and a career and a relationship with God. Look at how far you've already come. There is no way in the world you ought to be who you are right now. No way you should be working where you work because Satan's prediction of your future was wrong. And I'm telling you right now, there's freedom in this word. Satan told God, Job is going to curse you. And God said, no, he's not. There are people who thought that people wouldn't go back to church during COVID. They banked on it. They believed it. And let me tell you something. God grew this house, Ignite Church in Williston, Vermont, during the pandemic. At the heart and the height of the pandemic, God grew our house. And I know that's true for many pastors around the nation that I'm connected with that are preaching the kingdom, that, that, that did not cave, that did not uh, go into a place of hiding when this pandemic started, that, that told governors and health commissioners and attorney generals, listen, this is an attack on the people of God. This is an attack on church. We're commanded together. And, and though we have technology, we're, we're commanded to assemble because you cannot deny the power of God inside the assembly of, the, of a local house of worship. You cannot deny the power and the anointing of God when the people of God come together. And God said, Satan, this attack has limitations because you can do this and that, but you can't touch Job. You, you can put boils on his body, but you can't take his life. You can put cancer in his body, but you can't take his life. You, listen, you can put an aneurysm in that brain, but you cannot have that life because every time God gives permission, he also gives parameters. And I believe that's why he will give you people like Luke, where doctors and nurses can help you heal and provide people with the knowledge to bring medicine to help heal your body because your gift and anointing are not just for you. They are they're, they're for everybody else. I believe there's certain medicine that we need to listen to medical professionals about. But unfortunately, there is other kinds of medicine and practices that are modern day Western medicine practice does not receive and does not believe in. Listen, you know, my, my, my parents used to let me and my brother go out throughout the city that we grew up in. A little bit different now versus, you know, 30, 35 years ago. But, but they always, you know, said, on that, on that street, you can't go past this certain house. And on the other street, you can't go past that house. And when the street lights come on, come on, parents, if you were an 80s kid, you know what I'm talking about. When those street lights come on, it's time to come home. I mean, we had some parameters. The reason they told us that is that it is so that we wouldn't go beyond that boundary, and you better be in this house once those street lights come on. And listen, some of you parents, you're letting your kids stay out till midnight, and they're 12 years old all by themselves. And don't let me see all those street lights on when it's dark. Come on. I want to see the sun setting when those lights come on, and they hear the sound of your bicycle coming down the street. And listen, if we didn't obey or we got busy playing down the street at the park and didn't see the street lights come on, my mother... I, I know some of you are going to be, be able to identify with this. My mother would step out, walk out of that front door, step out on the front steps in the direction of that park, put her hands by the corners of her mouth, and she would yell my name that it was time to come in. 
And my mama's voice was like a heat sinking missile. I'm, I'm coming to find you wherever you are. I would drop what I was doing as fast as I could. I would get on my bike or my scooter and I would get home as fast as I could. See, the reason they set parameters is she always wanted to be able to step out where we could hear her voice. My God, some of you need to hear that. The reason God will set parameters in your life is because he always wants to be able to step out where you can hear his voice. Somebody better hear me right now. Anytime we stayed in the parameters where we could hear her voice, she would call and we would be home. And God says he will always keep you where you can hear me. I've got parameters on your situation. I will never let you get to a place where the enemy's noise will be louder than my voice. But you've got to stay where God can reach you. You've got to stay where you can hear him. And the reason why I'm not letting you go far yet is because your hearing isn't that good yet. You're not listening too well. And the more you listen, the further you can go. And now some of you, maybe you've got grown children and you let them go anywhere because you know that they hear your voice even when they can't hear your voice. My God, I'm preaching on this podcast right now. If you want the leash to be longer, let the ears be opened wider. You let your grown children go where in different places now. You've expanded the territory and the parameters because you know that even when they can't hear your voice, deep inside of them, they can hear your voice even when you're not nearby. I remember a couple of times I got, got outside the parameters. I didn't hear my name called. And how many of you know what a whooping is? I'm talking, not a spanking. I'm talking a whooping. This generation doesn't know what that is, right? I won't go there. But it wasn't that we came in too late. It was that I went outside of the parameters. If my parents who love me will, will, will discipline me in a way that they need to discipline me in for the breaking of my will, because they love me enough to make sure the parameters that they put around my life keep me safe. If we have disciplined our children for going outside the, the parameters, what will God do? How much will God confront Satan if he goes beyond the parameters that God has set for him? Listen to me. No matter what is going on in your life, as you walk with God, you are safe and secure and you are centered in the will of God. There is a limitation to how far this attack on your life is going to go. There is a limitation on how far this attack on America is going to go. There is a limitation on how far this pandemic, this attack is going to go on this go around this globe. God is getting ready to bring freedom into your life and my life and you will no longer be held hostage to the will of your enemy. Because this attack has limitations. You might be sick, but I prophesy over your life and I'm praying and believing over your life. You will not die. You might be broke, but I believe that God is going to turn it around. You sometimes God's got to get you to the late, to the, to the midnight hour. But as the song says, late in the midnight hour, God is going to turn it around. See, he's not going to be able to kill you. Satan cannot destroy you. You lost your job during the pandemic and didn't know how you were going to make it through. But here you are just almost two years years later and you're doing just fine and you haven't figured it out yet every time you say you don't know how it's going to happen God shows up and makes a way where there seems to be no way you know why that's because he's a way maker he's a miracle worker he's a promise keeper he's a light in your darkness I need somebody just to give God a praise wherever you are listening to this podcast I said your attack has limitations your attack has limits there is no weapon that is formed against you that will prosper 
prosper. The weapon may be created. The weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper because that attack has a limit. Watch what you say. Be careful of what you call it. And God will show up and bring you into a place of wholeness and freedom because you are walking out of this moment and season in your life free and brand new, full of everything that God has designed you to walk in. Your purpose and your destiny is about to come to a place of fruition. If you'll just trust God through it all. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm believing the best in your life is yet to come. We are in this fight together for the righteous are bold as a lion. Don't allow the culture to silence your voice. Don't allow the limits around you in the culture to hinder your progression into everything that God is calling you into. We're in this thing together. I love you. You can connect with me at IgniteChurchVT.com. Download our church app, Ignite Church VT. You can follow me on Instagram at Pastor Todd Callahan. I've enjoyed this moment with you today. I will see you on another brand new episode of Shatterproof.